Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebly and Toff. Oh, Jethro, what in the hell? What? Who is who is that voice? <laughs> She's awful. <laughs> oh my God, that's not Cat. I know, but who is that? <laughs> that would be your your lovely wife, <sighs> Nan McNamara, <laughs> award-winning actress. I have been reading these comments online of people who say, love the podcast, but oh, the open, that voice has got to go. Well, I think that uh, for some reason, some people thought that that was Cat doing a character. I wish right. I could sound like that. <laughs> Good Lord. So to all the to all the haters, I just I just want to say, don't go. Whatever you do, do not go to nanamacnamara.com. I pray you. Just stay away from that. Yeah, don't do that. From that website. Yeah, don't look at her IMDb credits. Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, by the way, how is she liking working with Rob Lowe on uh, 911 Lone Star? <clears throat> she had a fantastic experience with him. She only wished that it could have lasted longer. Yeah, they had they had only one scene together, but he was. Uh, she. This didn't surprise me at all. I, I said, so is he? Is he as gorgeous? Mm. Uh, in person as he is on screen and she said he's actually even even more gorgeous oh my oh god. god that must be so upsetting I yeah that. it's gotta be I feel really bad for that guy having to go through life looking like <laughs> I that I know how embarrassing must that be yeah we were binge watching Criminal Minds around Christmas time because that right. to us is how we celebrate the birth of our savior what an unusual way to celebrate the birth of Christ but sure <laughs> crime dramas um, it's America and uh, she was on a couple different episodes guest starred on a couple of different episodes and uh, we would count down how many more we had to go it was like three more till Nan it was like an advent calendar of sorts I will tell her that yeah <laughs> a 2021 advent calendar I like that and for those of you who listen to the box of oddities she is also the voice at the very beginning that you've heard from episode one that says uh, the following might not be suitable for all audiences listener discretion is advised Nan McNamara knows what she's doing just, she's a bit of all right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. That we, kid. we think she's she's not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, since you've been married to her for uh, over eighteen years, yeah, over eighteen years. Wow, over eighteen years. There you go. Eighteen years, two weeks. Not that I have a giant <laughs> chart on the wall. But. <laughs> <clears throat> By the way, I neglected back in episode seven in, in telling the story about the uh, women going down chimneys. Yeah, I neglected to give a uh, a hat tip, as the kids used to say, if they ever said that to our dear friend uh, Naomi Mayo, who actually emailed me that story idea, and I neglected to do that. Right. So um, I just wanted to wanted to own up on that. Fair enough. It's very decent of yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Well, this story that I'm about to tell you 
is about an unidentified man from Gloucester, England. And you will understand why he decided to remain anonymous once you hear what happened to him. (laughs) I can't wait for this. The man is a self-proclaimed military enthusiast and collector. And over the years, he has collected a number of military items and memorabilia, such as uniforms, firearms, and munitions. Uh, He was particularly interested in World War II memorabilia. So when he found an unexploded World War II-era artillery shell, uh, he didn't hesitate. He snapped it up quickly to to his collection. Now, I don't know where he found an unexploded World War II artillery shell. It doesn't seem like it would be something, something so volatile and potentially dangerous. It's doubtful it was sold at an auction or a collector's shop. I'd agree. Maybe he just found it at a yard sale. We, we just don't know. But what we do know is this. One day in December of last year, 2021, he checked himself into the Royal Hospital Emergency Room in great pain, seeking medical assistance. Oh, no. It appears as though the man's unexploded World War II artillery shell had somehow found its way into his bum. See, <laughs> I was thinking, well, maybe he dropped it on his foot. Sure. Or, oh, no, dear God. No, God. Right in the old took us. Uh, Talk about going back in time. Whoa, huh? hey. Uh, that must have been quite the walk of shame, though. <laughs> Limping his way into the emergency room and declaring that he's got a World War II anti-tank shell lodged in his butt. How am I going to explain this? They're not going to understand. It's in me bum. It's in me bum for a reason. I can explain everything. I just need help in removing it. (laughs) Well, here's how he explained it. Not surprisingly, he said he told the attending physician that he, quote, slipped and fell on it. (laughs) Okay. Here's the story. He said that he was clearing out some of his military memorabilia collection, and he had placed the unexploded artillery shell on the floor pointing up. While continuing <laughs> to clear some of his collectibles out and tidy up, uh-huh. he uh, he claims he slipped and fell directly on the artillery shell, which went right up his butt. Yeah. Now, maybe you are, Lindsay, but I'm no expert when it comes to slip and fall accidents that result in unexploded artillery shells becoming lodged in someone's bum. But I do know this. It sounds a little suspicious to me. Yeah, I'm calling BS on this. And probably quite unlikely. First of all, where was he keeping his memorabilia that was so slippery, like an ice skating rink? Secondly, (laughs) the odds of him slipping directly above the artillery shell, probably pretty remote. And thirdly, in order for it to end up in his ass, he would have had to have been cleaning naked. I would think. That was my first thought. I thought, what what, what about the clothes? Yeah. Wouldn't nope. the clothes prevent? No, nope. he would have had to have been cleaning naked. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with cleaning naked. I've done it myself many times. We all do it. But when I do, I, I always sweep the area for any potential unexploded munitions first. I think that's just <laughs> just yeah. common sense. So I guess the rule is, in, in this guy's world, take off all your clothes. Yeah, probably at an ice skating rink. Set, uh, set the object on the, uh, on the floor. And I'm guessing there's some kind of, and, and again, I don't have experience in this, unexploded munitions 
being inserted that way. I'm guessing that you'd probably need to lubricate that thing somehow. I would think that probably would be the normal procedure. And maybe that's just standard protocol for people who collect these <laughs> it things. It could be. I don't know. I'm not a World War II <laughs> munitions expert. But maybe he said he was cleaning. Maybe he was cleaning the device itself. Oh. And was using some sort of lubricant, yeah. some sort of oily business. Go on. I like this idea. <laughs> More details, please. <laughs> well. Getting back to the hospital, I, I'm picturing the attending physician and those assisting him having that stifled laughter. Sure. Trying to keep a straight face. In an interview with The Sun, a spokeswoman or spokesperson said for the hospital, quote, a patient presented with ammunition in his rectum. A spokesman for the police department confirmed that it was, in fact, a 2.2 by 4.6 inch mortar shell. Wow. That's a lot of shell. It is a lot of shell. It certainly is not the first time that they have had to remove a foreign object from somebody's rectum, but it was the first time they had to call a bomb squad before proceeding. Well, that was my next question. Were they actually concerned about this thing, quote unquote, going off? If you'll pardon the expression. Munitions experts descended upon the emergency room like a SWAT team. And, <laughs> and according to a statement made by the hospital's NHS Foundation, quote, as with any incident involving munitions, the relevant safety protocols were followed to ensure that there was no risk to the patient's staff or visitors at any time. It sounds like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It does, yeah. Did he ask for it back? Yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Right. Uh, but this was, to say the least, a delicate and careful extraction. And once they were able to remove the explosive device, they inspected it, and it was determined to be, in fact, a World War II mortar round from the Royal Artillery, which used these things in the Great War against enemy tanks. Holy cow. These rounds were powerful enough to rip through a tank's defenses, sending shrapnel in all directions as the tank armor shattered. But it couldn't do anything to your colon, no, I'm sure. No, God, no. A hospital <laughs> spokesman confirmed that it was, quote, a solid shot round. <laughs> it, it was a chunky pointed lump of lead designed to rip through a tank's armor. But they did discover that it was, in fact, inert, uh, just a lump of metal, so there was no risk to life, uh, at least not to anyone else's but the guy who had it in his butt. <laughs> the man made a full recovery, and the anti-tank artillery shell was safely destroyed. However, the man, his story is not unique, especially in the UK. Really? <laughs> yeah. This is an epidemic. According to the Metro, doctors have had to remove over 3,500 objects from people's butts in the UK just this year. Wow. The expense of these extra extractions has cost the NHS roughly 340,000 pounds this year. That works out to wow. about 850 pounds per object if you're doing the math. That's, that's, is that a... <laughs> So, very many questions, Jethro. <laughs> uh, is this like a cultural thing? I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking that maybe they've just been on that island for too long and they've run out yeah. of things to do. Maybe they're still pissed off about the, uh, the tea American thing? Revolution. Yeah, the, yeah, tea, the tea thing, thing. sure. Yeah. 
Experts warn that the incidence of objects having to be removed from the bums of people in the UK is on the rise. <laughs> Most cases with men. In an interview with a former surgeon who has spent decades removing things from people's bottoms, uh, here's a partial list of some of the things that he has found. Keep in mind, this is only a partial list. Right, yeah, it's not a complete list. Not exhaustive. A camera, a, a pair of garden shears. Oh, my God. Several different types of bottles, a knotted USB cable. <laughs> oh, uh, like a homemade Benoit. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a golf ball, a peanut butter jar, a spray bottle, a curtain rod. Go back to the peanut butter jar. I'm wondering if it was chunky or creamy or... <laughs> oh, it was chunky. <laughs> a toothbrush holder. Uh, a floss container. The mind reels. A shot glass who claimed that he was the guy was at a party and his friends did it as a joke. There have mm -hmm. been reports of items like, of course, sex toys. That's not too surprising. But then you get into things like shower head fixtures. Maybe they were confused by the expression plumbing fixture. and they Maybe. Thought, maybe that could be know. it. There was one case where they where they actually removed 15 hard-boiled eggs. The eggs, according to hospital <laughs> spokespeople, were, in fact, deshelled. Well, that's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Other items that have been removed <laughs> from people's butts include a Barbie doll, new from Mattel, coal miner Barbie, canary action figure sold separately. Now, you think the shot glass was bad. They've actually removed an entire pint glass from somebody's Holy butt. Cow. Yeah. A cassette tape, wow. a wine bottle, a coat hanger, an aerosol can, a light bulb, a zucchini, a My Buzz Lord. Lightyear toy. Make it stop, make it stop. To infinity and behind. <laughs> also an eggplant, a fork, a Coke bottle, a handgun, it was loaded, nozzle in, a jar of instant coffee. And as we always say here on this podcast, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your butt. There was even an incident where somebody put ping pong balls up there and then mm -hmm. couldn't get them out. So their partner came up with this brilliant idea. Here's how we're going to retrieve them. We're going to pour wet concrete in your ass and then we're going to wait for it to harden. The idea is that they would be able to pull out the ping pong balls with the hardened concrete. It didn't work. This is a genius idea. I can't imagine it not working. I imagine, though, that the hardened concrete butt plug made a lovely conversation piece, though. Yeah, you'd want to leave that out on your dining room table as a conversation starter, right? Oh, that's a really interesting sculpture. Where'd it come from? My <laughs> ass. Now, you may find this surprising, guys, that almost in every single case, they told the emergency room uh, medical staff that uh, they, they fell on it. That... That's how it ended up in their butt. Every time they uh, they fell on it. I fell on it. I guess it's easier than than being the butt of a joke. But I fell. I fell on. Anyway, you know what? I'm fascinated by all those objects. I'm I'm struck, perhaps, most by the fifteen eggs, the hard boiled eggs, shelled. I because I think at some point, like maybe egg number seven or eight. <laughs> Wouldn't you start to think, okay, this is probably yeah. enough. Yeah. And is it your partner going, no, 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 no. I, th I, think you got, I think you got room for more. Also, you had to go and open another dozen. Right. I mean, it's one thing you go through 12, 
But no, we need another. So the notion of falling on on 15 eggs, that's again, that's where I call BS. I fell on an, I fell on one hard boiled egg 15 times. I'm incredibly unlucky. Yeah. So getting back to the original story, the guy with the mortar shell in his ass for just a moment, Twitter had a field day with this story as the word rectum began trending. Mm. Uh, here's a couple of the comments. Rectum? Damn near killed him. Killed him. I guess they had to call the bum squad. <laughs> Clearly the man had an extensive arsenal. <laughs> and talk about weapons of ass destruction. Nice. My source material, Huffington Post, The New York Post, Daily Mail, The Sun, IFL Science, uh, Yahoo News, Metro, and The Independent. Don't put things in your butt that you can't get out. Dear God, help us. Yep. Help us Great all. advice. There was one time we were talking about something like this on the Box of Oddities, and they had to extract a dildo, but also salad tongs. Apparently, they were trying to get it out with salad tongs, and lost the salad tongs as well. I wonder if all these uh, these x-rays are hanging somewhere in a back office in this <laughs> mm. hospital, you know, that only employees get to see. It's funny you mention that. Somebody <clears throat> actually sent us a real x-ray of a guy who had a barbecue skewer in his butt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh I think it was handle in, though. So that at least was smart. <sighs> well, there is. Yeah, there's hope. You're in the shallow end with Schneebly and Toff. Ever added spinach to your meals? Of course you have. Americans know that spinach is great tasting and great for you. But there are lots of things that will be made even better with just a little spinach. We're the American Spinach Council, and we're here to make your life more enjoyable. Sure, you've enjoyed spinach as a side dish, but have you ever thought of adding it to dessert? A little green spinach adds an attractive splash of color on a dish of vanilla ice cream. And did you know a dollop of real spinach turns that glass of Cabernet into something special? Try it at your next dinner party. Your guests will be amazed. Spinach is also a great bookmark. You're sure to find your place the next time you open that novel you're reading by the pool. There are lots of ways to make spinach a part of your daily life. High in vitamins A and K, spinach is more than meets the eye. A healthy and helpful reminder from the American Spinach Council. We just had the pool drained and replastered with these stories. Isn't it beautiful? You're in the shallow end with Schnebly and Toff. Well, I'm sorry that you have to hear my voice. Um, it could be worse. It could be Nan McNamara's <laughs> <Right>? voice, apparently. <laughs> um, so it's time for me to ask you, Lindsay, um, if you have something to share with us. Well, in fact, I do, Kat, and thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. You know, it seems that for every, uh, every valuable commodity out there, anything that somebody wants... You've got other people who are willing to steal it. That's what makes this country great. Our founders foresaw this. <laughs> the practice of stealing electricity is nearly as old as electricity distribution itself. Hmm. So much so that back in March of 1886, Edison Electric in New York was reporting that unscrupulous people were already figuring out how to steal electricity. Wow. And the superintendent of the power station actually would periodically send power surges down the line to burn out or destroy uh, <laughs> people that were 
or, or objects that were trespassing on the line. Wow. Come to find that 80% of global power theft is by directly tapping into an electric line. It's, it's called cable hooking. Okay. Which I actually, I thought it was a completely different thing when I saw right. cable right. hooking, but sure. yeah. that's just because I'm a... Well, I'm a guy. Well, and you're going to Vegas this weekend, too, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I can see so where yeah, that's top of mind. They go hand in hand. Individuals who, uh, and, and again, this probably won't surprise you, virtually every time somebody is injured or caught doing this cable hooking, every single time it's a guy. Oh, which, yeah. again, is not is not a surprise. No. And for whatever reason, <laughs> these Attempted thefts almost always happen during daylight, which I think is is very huh. telling. Did but in your research, did you find that they meant to to steal the electricity, or did they just fall on it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like hard boiled eggs, right. sure, fifteen times. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's also probably not surprising that in virtually every case where somebody is uh, they perform an autopsy on this person who tried stealing the electricity right uh in almost every case the individual is intoxicated mm. or has drugs in their system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clearly people are not are not thinking right. so they either have drugs alcohol drugs and alcohol in their system and a penis those are the common threads. That is a potent combination, but you're right. Check checking all those boxes is is almost always is always the case. Mm. And understandably, it's hard to live without electricity or a penis. Or a penis. Tell me about it. <laughs> Cats here all week, folks. Good night, everybody. Now, the Blue Ridge Electric Company in South Carolina has a story of frequently stories about people who cannot pay their bills and they they work with them you know to try and keep sure. the electricity on for for as long as they can but this brings us to a a house on Knoll Crest Drive in the community of Friendship South Carolina isn't that a great name friendship mm. makes me want to move there wouldn't you love to live in friendship it's just outside Seneca South Carolina. It's a nice sounding town, too. It is. Readers point out that electric power is usually disconnected at the meter, meaning at somebody's house, only if there is a problem with the homeowner who's who's posted angry threats or has previously tried to to steal power. So this is a great time to introduce you to a gentleman named Mr. Michael Harold Jenkins, who had been without power for a whopping 10 days back in 2017. That's a long time to go without power. You oh, know, it after is. It is. after a while your the ice in your cooler starts to melt and you probably tie, maybe you've run out of propane, you can't grill your food anymore. So, <clears throat> Mr. Jenkins thinks, "Oh, you know what? I got I got a way around this. Yeah, they may have they may have turned off my power 10 days ago, but you know what they haven't thought of? I got me a set of jumper cables. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, Mr. Jenkins <laughs> grabs jumper cables out of his out of his uh, car's trunk and is looking up at that phone pole, that utility pole, and it's a good thirty feet high. And he's thinking, uh, "How am I going to get up there? I know a long ladder. Mm. I got me a long aluminum." 
ladder. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these jumper cables. <laughs> now, you got to remember the jumper cables are designed to handle 12 volts of electricity. And if you've ever right. used those, and most of us have at one time or another, you, you see them sometimes spark. Yep. And, and just that, that 12 volts can be a lot of electricity. Oh, yeah. But Mr. Jenkins either wasn't concerned about that or just hadn't done the math. The power is off in his house, and Mike figures, I'm just going to get up there and make this happen myself. So he takes the long aluminum ladder, and he puts it up against the uh, utility pole. Did he soak himself in kerosene before, <laughs> <laughs> before he climbed the ladder? Because that would be the perfect trifecta. That would, wouldn't it? Maybe some salt water. Um, he climbs up, and he attaches the jumper cables to an energized conductor, oh my God. Uh, which is carrying 7,200 volts. A little more than the car battery. Slightly more than the 12 for which the jumper cables were designed. A witness down the street <laughs> heard what they said sounded like a shotgun blast. Wow. It was that loud. And because when Mr. Jenkins connected the jumper cables to that conductor, said 7,200 volts arced across those wires through the jumper cables designed for only 12 volts, through Mr. Jenkins's body, down the ladder, and into the ground. And old Mike was thrown from the top of the pole all the way down to the ground. Now, he was taken to the hospital with, believe it or not, some contusions and burns, but he otherwise survived. Wow. That's that Which is unexpected. Just amazing. A witness told the uh, police who showed up that at first she thought it was just a shotgun being fired <laughs> until she saw Mr. Jenkins hurtling down to the uh, to the planet with uh, with disarming speed the blue ridge electric company confirmed that they had shut off the power 10 days prior for non-payment multiple non-payments of of bills and uh, that in fact that meter had apparently been tampered with or it appeared to have been tampered with that's what led mr jenkins to come up with this genius idea of using the jumper cables he was ultimately released wow uh, from the hospital but um, as a, I, I think I said in an earlier story, my dad used to say, you shouldn't have to tell your kids not to ride their bikes on the roof. Yeah. But you apparently you have to anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to say to somebody, hey, if your electricity has been <laughs> turned off, don't take a 20 foot tall aluminum ladder and lean it up and crawl and connect jumper cables to a, to a live conductor in hopes of <laughs> getting it in, into your house. Might be better just to go get another... Well, another tank of propane. Yeah, I think that's And keep, keep grilling your food till you can find a way to pay that electrical bill. Wow. This came to me from uh, WSPA, WYFF, the National Library of Medicine, and, of course, Wikipedia. Incredible. It reminds me of a situation that Kat and I had to go through when we owned a rental property. The person in there was supposed to change the electricity to her name. And she had good references, and I assumed that she would do that. But not only did she not do that, she ran an extension cord from the basement outlet 
out the window across the yard to the neighbor's house where they had a marijuana grow room going. Oh, my God. And so they were sucking the electricity off my name. And in three months, when I got a disconnect notice, it was $2,400. Yeah. Holy cow. But on the bright side, we helped support some dank fatty nug. So there's always so. a bright side. <laughs> there's always a bright side to things, huh? Yeah. You just got to find them. I, uh, I used to belong to a gym in North Hollywood that was next door to a rather shady kind of a business. Nobody could really figure out what it was. And one morning as I was walking out, the uh, LAPD, had been, they made a raid on it and it turned out to be a uh, a marijuana farm in this industrial area of, of north hollywood and i just happened to ask one of the cops because i was fascinated by it how how did you guys find out about this and he said the department of water and power notices yeah. these spikes in water consumption electricity consumption and they frequently will call us and say hey you might want to go check this out that's what happened to the neighbor they were busted <laughs> but they didn't tell me the power company, they told law enforcement, but they didn't tell me. So I got stuck with the bill. I had to pay it off and uh, we evicted her. That was awful. Yeah, we even reached out to the uh, electric company and we were like, uh, could we like not? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. And, they're like, and no, they were like, no, no, no. you're going to go ahead and do that. They made you pay it $2,400. Yeah, yeah. And then when she left, she stole the uh, burner off the furnace. <laughs> What the hell? That's, that's just spiteful. Yeah, that's just being a bitch. Just a little F you for yeah. being such terrible <laughs> landlords. I guess so. I guess. Thanks for getting me busted, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the moral of this story is we will never be landlords again. The end. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. So much for good references. You know, in uh, 1998, Maine experienced a pretty intense ice storm. Yes. And uh, everyone lost their power. It was just for it was weeks. State wide and as some communities started to get their power back it was like people would celebrate openly and you would celebrate with them like oh my gosh congratulations who's going to shower at your house now (laughs) because i mean we had opened up gyms there were i mean everyone was letting everyone shower at their homes people were sleeping in lobbies at uh, hotels my mom was out uh, without power for three months three months three months it was wild we thought we had it bad uh i was out for I think 11 days and I remember sitting there and we had a fireplace going you know so we were able to, to keep warm and uh, we had you know a nice chest and even a small generator that kind of helped a little bit but I remember making the comment wow I wonder how people in the olden times uh, when their power went out how they <laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> they never had any <laughs> oh yeah I'll shut up now <sighs> Well, as always, my friend, lots of fun. The Shallow End Podcast, you can find us online, shallowendpodcast.com. We love getting emails from you. Please don't hesitate to send us emails. The address is right on the website. And And thanks to all the people who have reached out and and been incredibly kind and supportive and uh, are just just over the moon for this podcast it, yeah it, act, it really really means a lot it does and every positive review helps us grow this little baby podcast into hopefully a toddler here 
pretty quickly. Mm. With um, any luck, it'll soon be off to college. And we need to start saving for that now, Linz. <laughs> really, let's be proactive. You're right. You're right. Somebody called Lindsay, uh, what did they refer to your voice as? Uh, buttery baritone sax. <laughs> baritone <Yeah>. sax. <laughs> yeah, that was a first. Uh-huh. I took the compliment, but that was a first. We encourage all types of compliments like that, uh, whether they're true or not. In in this case, it was. But we're, we're not against you lying if it benefits us. In fact, we encourage it. If it benefits us, you'll be just fine. We will hopefully see you next week. And until then, make sure that you continue to make good choices. Because your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine, and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask, just trust us. Okay, gotta go.